Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Edwin, I see the on the air sign is on. It is back on. We have it repaired, and we really are on the air. That is exciting to me. It just, it's very official. And if we're not, then we'll end up editing this, and it'll be on the air. It'll be on the air. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good. How you doing today, my friend? It is a great day. It is. Great day and a great psalm. Absolutely. Psalm 68 is what we have today, and we're going to go ahead and read it again from the New King James Version. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, a song. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yes, let them rejoice exceedingly. Sing to God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him who rides on the clouds by his name, Yah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. He brings out those who are bound into prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth shook. The heavens also dropped rain at the presence of God. Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. You, O God, sent a plentiful rain, whereby you confirmed your inheritance when it was weary. Your congregation dwelt in it. You, O God, provided from your goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those who proclaimed it. Kings of armies flee. They flee, and she who remains at home divides the spoil. Though you lie down among the sheepfolds, you will be like the wings of a dove covered with silver and the feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scattered kings in it, it was white as snow and Zalman. A mountain of God is the mountain of Bashan. A mountain of many peaks is the mountain of Bashan. Why do you fume with envy, you mountains of many peaks? This is the mountain which God desires to dwell in. Yes, the Lord will dwell in it forever. The chariots of God are twenty thousand, even thousands of thousands. The Lord is among them as in Sinai, in the holy place. You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. Our God is the God of salvation, and to God, the Lord, belong escapes from death. But God will wound the head of his enemies, the hairy scalp of the one who still goes on in his trespasses. The Lord said, I will bring back from Bashan, I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that your foot may crush them in blood, and the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from your enemies. They have seen your procession, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers went before, the players on instruments followed after. Among them were the maidens playing timbrels. Bless God in the congregations, the Lord from the fountain of Israel. There is little Benjamin, their leader. 
the princes of Judah and their company, the princes of Zebulun and the princes of Naphtali. Your God has commanded your strength. Strengthen, O God, what you have done for us because of your temple at Jerusalem. Kings will bring presents to you. Rebuke the beasts of the reeds, the herd of bulls with the calves of the peoples, till everyone submits himself with pieces of silver. Scatter the people who delight in war. Envoys will come out of Egypt. Ethiopia will quickly stretch out her hands to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Oh, sing praises to the Lord, to him who rides on the heaven of heavens, which were of old. Indeed, he sends out his voice, a mighty voice, ascribes strength to God. His excellence is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O oh God, you are more awesome than your holy places. The God of Israel is he who gives strength and power to his people. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. God is to be blessed. God is to be praised because of all these things he has done for Israel, for their people, for the nation. Some who comment on this psalm believe they see an overarching story really? of the of the journey of the Ark of the Covenant. So okay. we, yesterday we talked about how the very first line is the statement that Moses would make sure. when it goes off. On its uh, on its journeys right. throughout the wilderness, it led the people. Okay, and the Levites would be carrying. And it. then we we talk about this coming into the sanctuary and God choosing a mountain and God all of those things. And what we have is the journey of the ark with God's people ah. and and actually finally making it into its final residence, the place that God has chosen on Mount Zion. Right. So some see this as because it says of David that David is writing, and it's a reference to the ark coming into Jerusalem. Under David, well, there—I mean, I, I see some of that, and that mm-hmm. there does seem to be this uh, kind of substory going along where mountains have envy, and some of the big mountains, you know, are upset that yeah. some other mountain is where God's going to be. Yeah, so we're going to see that. We see um, the 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 Sinai is coming into the sanctuary. So I, I think it's possible that of David is a reference to the. Um, the style of David. And so maybe this is more about when the temple was actually made mm-hmm. uh, and built and the ark gets to come in and the glory of the Lord comes in to the temple. All of this, though, is about... So if we see the ark finding a home, mm-hmm. in the middle of this, th- there's something more. It's not just about the ark finding a home. Right. We have the fact that God himself is looking out for people. He's looking at folks who are... Uh, without folks who are vulnerable, folks who are in need. Mm -hmm. And so in the middle of this story, it's not just about the ark finding a place. It's also about God providing a place for people, especially those who are in need. Verse 5, Father of the fatherless, protector of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God settles the solitary in a home. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity, but the rebellious dwell in a parched land. So here we have this this look at the fatherless, the widows, because God is in his holy habitation, which again, that reference of God having a home, Mm -hmm. uh, which with the ark coming into the temple or to the tabernacle. And then, but the thing that gets me, I really like this one, God settles the solitary in a home. Solitary. He he finds the those, lonely one, right? The lonely, yeah. Mm-hmm. The one, the one who doesn't have a family. The one that does not have uh, the connections. He brings that person into 
a home. And in fact, I think the New King James didn't use the word home, did it? It, it used the word family. It used families. Yeah. So you, you've got this picture, the fatherless in verse 5, the widow in verse 5, the solitary in verse 6, placed in families. In families. And this immediately, instead of looking back, this causes me to look ahead. Mm-hmm. And I think about our great God, and it really makes me think of that time when Peter after Jesus has addressed the rich young ruler mm-hmm. who would re- who refused to give up his riches, and Peter says, look, we've given up everything for you. Mm-hmm. We've given up everything for you. What what do we get? What do we get? And Jesus is, responds is to that. Is that in Luke 17? Uh, it's in Luke 18. Oh, Luke but, 18. But I'm actually looking, and I've already got my Bible open to the, the one in Mark chapter 10. So oh, gonna, okay. So I'm going to read from there. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus responds, verse 29, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last will be first. Hmm. Jesus is pointing out that when we become his children, there's a transfer of family. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's fantastic, of course, if our family comes along with us into this. But there were plenty of Christians that in order to become disciples, they, their family didn't come with them. Yeah. And at that day and age, I mean, today, I guess one of the blessings of the individualism of our culture is that if I decide to become a Christian, my family's not necessarily going to cut me off and throw me out. But uh, some families, some would. families some do. Families that actually, do. that I mean, that that happened to to my, to my stepmom. But um, mm. th- what we find in this ancient time is that look, you don't get to go be a part of them. Our family doesn't do that. And if right. the person decided to become a Christian, they were often being cut off from from everything, yeah. from from the land, from the inheritance, from the uh, all, all of the, the family and all that went along with that. And here's what Jesus says is, but what you're gaining is a new family. Mm-hmm. I'm taking this solitary one, and I am placing this one in a family. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate those that might even be called upon to sacrifice those close family relationships for the truth of the gospel and following the Lord. And that is really something to weigh out when the Lord talks about counting the cost in order to become a discipleship, excuse me, in order to become a disciple, uh, we, we often don't account for or consider just what all that could involve, though it's laid out in the scripture. I think about this uh, in Psalm 68, though, this progression of the fatherless or an orphan to the widow to the solitary one, and I appreciate that there are some people who lack family, and it's it's not because of persecution per se or, you know, over the gospel. But we do live in a world marred by sin where there is evil and pain, suffering and death. And it can just be that people come from a broken home, uh, you know, separate and apart from the gospel of Christ, a, a, a time of hardship and a lot of difficulty that way. And what a blessing it is to know family. What a blessing it is to be given that family. That if you don't come from a good family, you don't even have a family, this is something God gives for you. You have a father now. You have brothers now. You have sisters now in Christ. Recognizing that Christ's church in the New Testament, among the various metaphors used, one of the main ones is family. Yeah. Family. 
For us today, we typically limit that to kind of the nuclear family, Mm -hmm. mom, dad, and the kids. Right. And even that's even kind of getting blown apart in our culture today. Because even in our culture today, even with nuclear family, even with those of us who who have really strong nuclear family values, we still tend to see that what the family is all about is raising up those kids so they can leave and go be independent and be on their own. As opposed to what the family is there for is for us as this larger social unit, grandparents, parents, kids, aunts, uncles, siblings, uh, even neighbors, that the household is there to support, to grow, to strengthen. Well, I was going to say, I was, I was reading some uh, statistics about this the other day, and that was a shift in uh, American nuclear families, even in the 20th century, that there was a much greater percentage of uh, one or two grandparents living in the home with the nuclear family at the beginning of the 20th century than by the end. Now it's something like 2% of Americans yeah. have, a, have a live-in grand, you know, grandparent. Well, and I think where we are today is you have a live-in grandparent when the grandparents get so old that they can't live on their own, and we invite yeah. them in to take care of them now that's that's a positive wonderful thing that scripture says should happen it should but i think what you're looking at is that in the early part of the 20th century it was grandma and grandpa weren't here because grandma and grandpa can't work grandma and grandpa are here because we are a family we live together we provide we add yes we're we're all providing exactly and there there were there were roles in raising up children and Mm -hmm. teaching children about faith and presenting culture grandparents did that because mom and dad were working yes yeah and when child continued to live in the basement it wasn't i'm gonna go work my little job and play video games all night it was i'm working and i am contributing to how this family has a place to live and survive, and we're all doing that together. That's the picture of family for the church. Mm -hmm. As we're all contributing, we're all participating, and certainly those who get to a point of being unable to contribute, we care for them and we take care of them. Absolutely. Everyone has something to supply. We have the family. There should be no—there's no Lone Ranger Christians in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Part of a family— getting into a congregation because we are a part of the congregation of the Lord. And this is a great blessing from God. This is something our God does. Yes. He provides family. Absolutely. I know we could keep talking about that, but I think we need to go ahead and wrap up today. Holy God, thank you for placing us in a family. Help us to act like it. I, that That's my struggle. I'm It's so easy for me to just slip off into my own little room, go read my books, watch my TV shows, just have my fun, let my life be about me, maybe about my wife and kids. Help me, Lord. Help us to be a family in your church, providing for one another, caring for one another, supporting one another, drawing in those who are lonely and isolated, who are solitary, uh, being with those who have given up for your kingdom, their families and their their past lives. Help us to be there for one another because you have been there for us. Thank you for the blessing of your church, of your family, for bringing us into it. It's through your son, our brother, our savior, our king that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.